<clears throat> Abraham tells Isaac that the Lord would provide a lamb. And he did. He provided the lamb of God who is Jesus. He provided us a lamb not only for our sins, which we had talked about, but for our resurrection. He provided, he provided us a resurrection in multiple ways. But I want to talk about two. Sanctification resurrection and eschaton resurrection. His resurrection means our sanctification. It means our victory over sin. His resurrection means our bodily resurrection unto eternal life on the last day. It means our victory over death. So, resurrection means victory over sin, victory over death. In Christ, our old man is put to death and our new man of, uh, the old man of sin is put to death and the new man of righteousness is uh, resurrected to holiness of life. Christ's resurrection means we walk in holiness. And Paul tells us this in Romans. He connects these two things and in baptism, which is what it signifies. He says, do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, resurrection, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together, notice baptism unites us with Christ in the likeness of his death. It unites us with his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. It unites us to his resurrection. And what is that? What's the practical import of that? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. The practical import is you are no longer a slave of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, what's the therefore? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. So the resurrection means sanctify yourself. It means you are sanctified. You are dead to sin. Do not let sin reign in your body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So resurrection places us from law into grace so that we may be obedient. When we are under grace, it means we are freed from sin. We put away sin. We are not slaves to sin. <clears throat> of course, it's the irony and the joke among us that grace for most pastors uh, out there means that it's a credit card for sin. Hey, here you go. You're pre-approved to just go ahead and sin because God just loves you so doggone much. He just wants to give you a big old sloppy kiss. <laughs> No, 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 no. Grace, when we are under grace, it means that we, are, we live resurrected lives that, that put to death sin. So in our resurrected union with Christ through baptism, uh, we are dead to sin. We are under grace and we are dead to sin. We are 
given resurrection life, which means we are uh, given sanctification and holiness of life. These are the kinds of people that we are. So the, this resurrection life that Paul is talking about, he elaborates in his, uh, in his letter to um, the Corinthians in the context of excommunication. So we not only have holiness of life for ourselves, but we are to have we are to remove sin from ourselves, but we remove sin from the corporate body, the church, the worshiping assembly. He says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. He says, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So we see that uh, resurrected life is, is dead to sin. It removes sin, um, and we remove sin from the corporate body. Sin is a kind of leaven, and we remove people who are, who are in rebellious uh, sin. And that, I, I bring that up because he connects it to the Passover lamb, who is now resurrected. Uh, he says, let us keep the feast. Well, he's talking about Passover there. Um, he says, we keep the, in Passover, you got rid of all the leaven that was in the house. And, 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 and he's talking about, it's 1 Corinthians 5, he's talking about excommunicating the sinner. He's saying, get rid of the leaven in your house. <laughs> the resurrection means uh, not only the, the leaven of sin in our own lives, the leaven of sin in the church, but also you could say the leaven of our enemies on earth. Resurrection means we are given victory over these earthly enemies, over wicked kings and emperors. Um, we see that the Lamb of God wages war against them, um, and he wins. In John's Apocalypse and Revelation, which is commonly called, um, he sees these Roman emperors, uh, I, I think it's pretty clearly Roman emperors, um, in the near future, which are going to wage war against Jesus. And, and how do they wage war against Jesus? By, his, by waging war against his body, his church, his wife, who is one with him, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they put to death, the, 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 the martyrs of the early centuries is the, the beast, uh, the, uh, the beast in Revelation waging war against the saints. But, and they all conspire together against, against Jesus, against the lamb. And it says, he says this, these will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Um, and so we see that the, the resurrected lamb gives victory to his people, gives victory over the enemies of God. And then furthermore, that these enemies of God are invited to a supper of God. They're invited to a feast of God. But... It's not the same kind of feast that the, the saints are invited to. It's a supper of destruction and judgment. John sees this angel um, and, it, and it starts calling on the birds of the air to eat the dead bodies of the enemies of God. He says this in Revelation 19. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of the kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. So you see this kind of... Uh, 
this they're invited to a supper uh, but they're what they are the food and they are going to be eaten that's that's the end of the enemies of god but the good news is is that resurrected people the saints the friends of god we are invited to a supper we are invited to a feast but it's a marriage supper. It's a marriage supper of God. It's a marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what John tells us. And this is in celebration, in the final victory. This is immediately following the, the destruction of his enemies. It says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife have, has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write, uh, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And so we see that the, the wife of the lamb is the church and in the, in the saints are invited to this marriage supper and this kind of eschatological, this eschaton, our final, our, our final destination is uh, this marriage supper with God, with the Lamb of God. And this meal that we have here that Jesus instituted for us, where he gives himself to us, it's an anticipation. It's a foretaste. You could almost say it's an appetizer of the, of the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what this is. He's given, he's given us this until he comes again, right? And it, and it, and it points us to that ultimate uh, it points us to that ultimate end. It's an eschatological meal testifying uh, to our resurrected telos, our resurrected uh, purpose and final destination. Christ our Lord is risen, um, and he is risen indeed, and that resurrection gives us um, uh, this final ending point uh, to look forward to. So come and welcome to Jesus Christ.